Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. You are an Avenger. Have I killed you before? Hey there, my name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Small and massive thanks to our friends at Marvel and Disney Plus Canada for giving us the opportunity to watch this movie early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Now, I'm stoked to get into this one, but before we get to this review, I also want to let you know that, you know, if you're like us and you love the world of Star Wars, we currently have our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch, season two, with weekly breakdowns every single Wednesday. And if you've been infected with a passion for all things The Last of Us, we also have our weekly watch club for that series, which goes live right here on your podcast service of choice every single Sunday, right after the episode wraps uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern. So go check those out and enjoy. But with that out of the way, let's get to this review. Joining me for this quantifiably quality quest into the querisome and quirky but quintessential quantum realm He's got a jejunum made of jelly. He's Justin the Ligand Lawrence. Yo, what's going on? You know what a ligand is? No, what is a ligand? A ligand is an atom, uh, an atom, ion, or molecule that donates or shares one or more of its electrons through a covalent bond uh, with a central atom or ion. Oh, that feels very quantum realm esque. I, I thought so. I was I literally just searched <laughs> for your last name. I was like L words science. <laughs> That's what came up. Uh Justin, how are you doing? We've seen the first movie of the MCU's phase five. Uh you were at the red carpet Canadian premiere. Um how are you feeling after your trip to the quantum realm? Feeling great. And yeah, it was a, it was a great time. Again, huge thanks to Marvel Studios Canada and, and Disney Studios Canada by extension for uh, inviting me out to to cover the event. Uh, it was really great. And, uh, you know, we have our interviews out right now for you to enjoy. Uh, I sat down with Catherine Newton. Uh, Nate, you sat down with uh, Peyton Reed and yeah, we had some lovely conversation with them. Uh, about this movie um so those uh, th that's both available on youtube at youtube.com slash geekcentric and on podcast feeds where on the podcast feed we talk a little bit more about that red carpet experience we, we talk about uh you know breaking down some of that interview but if you want to see the interviews and he see our lovely faces well those are available on youtube for you to enjoy so, i think to get the whole yeah, experience was, you gotta you gotta check out both I think it's probably the best I, way I to think do so. it. Yeah. I, I think so. I totally think so. Maybe watch the interviews first. And the short interviews, which is great. And um, they do have great tidbits of information. You know what else is short and fulfilling with great tidbits? Um, anything from Baskin Robbins. And, uh, you yes. know, this movie, you know, we get a little bit more. Uh, we get some Baskin Robbins time. Um, and I wanted to ask. I hope I don't think that's a spoiler to say that there's Baskin Robbins in the movie. But um, oh come on, it's part of it's part of Scott Lang's origin story, right? Man. We, Baskin it has Robbins to be. is is part of it. So it's kind of it kind of makes sense that we would see something Baskin Robbins uh, featured here. I think it's actually in the trailer. Is it okay? If it's in the trailer, then we're okay. Employee of the month. It. Yeah, of course. Yes. Of employee, the century. employee of the employee century. Of the century. <laughs> That's it. Um, what is your go to 
Baskin Robbins right there. Well, I got to say, I'm a sucker for anything chocolate chip cookie dough, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm also a fan of strawberry cheesecake. I like the strawberry cheesecake as well. I know for my wife, she's a huge fan of the very berry strawberry, which, by the way, is the only name I know. As like an official always... Baskin Robbins flavor. <laughs> exactly. Very berry strawberry okay. is, is pretty sure what it's called. Because when she was pregnant mm-hmm. uh, with my daughter, she that's all she ever wanted. So I would have to go get like one liter tubs every <laughs> like week, two weeks probably. Yeah, they're still so in the freezer. just down them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're actually all done. They're she's, all gone. She's <laughs> contemplating me. Yeah, exactly. Getting more. Yeah, man. She's not, she doesn't mess around when um, it comes to ice cream. Dude, ice cream cake. <laughs> Baskin Robbins ice cream cake, dude. Like the Oreo, like sort of, I don't, it's not even Oreo, but just like the cookie base on an ice cream cake that they do. Don't tell me it's overrated, Justin. You're making that face where you're like, I, ah, yeah, you're it being is overrated. I like, that you are. I like their cookie Shut pizza. Up. You know no the pizza? Way. You know the pizza? The, the cookie pizza? <laughs> you know the ice cream pizza? Thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice because okay. the, the ice cream to cookie ratio yeah. is more appropriate. No way, dude. I find like Shut the up. ice cream cakes are so gargantuan. Like dude. they're just massive. Dude. You Listen, <laughs> this, then maybe maybe like Ant-Man you should learn how to uh, grow in size or shrink in size. You'd shrink the cake down to a little. Inside of a cake? In, inside of, get inside oh, yeah. of the cake. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right. Well. <laughs> Listen, that's enough uh, waffling. Uh, ooh, they probably had some really good waffle ice cream stuff there, too. Anyways, uh, let me get to the synopsis for this movie. And if you're listening to this, you probably already know. But listen, in the film, uh, which officially, again, kicks off Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, superhero partners Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne return to continue their adventures as Ant-Man and the Wasp, together with Hope's parents, Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, as well as Scott's daughter, Cassie Lang, Uh, The family finds themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures, and embarking on an adventure that will push them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Catherine Newton, and Jonathan Majors, with additional cast William Jackson Harper, uh, Katie M. O'Brien, Randall Park, Corey Stoll, David Desmalchian, and Bill Murray. The movie is directed by Peyton Reed and opens in theaters February seventeenth. Justin, let's get to uh, let's get to this review. Let's talk about what worked, what didn't. We'll kind of go through it section by section. Um, and I was thinking mm-hmm. we could start off with the performances. I think the one we have to start off with because I don't think he would let us not start off with uh, was Kang, uh, Jonathan mm. Majors. I mean, listen. If if you were hoping that Jonathan Majors as Kang was was everything and more that you wanted him to be, uh, he was. Uh, he is outstanding in this movie. He ate up every mm-hmm. single second he was on screen. And Justin, this was you know I think I I looked over and you were taking notes on a notepad. I was taking notes on a notepad. You know when we're when we're invited to these screeners, obviously we can't have our phones out. Um, and so you know that's normally I like to take notes when I'm doing these these reviews. And so we're writing, we're scribbling our little notes in our notepad. And Justin, you can visibly see the notes on like you can see how my notes turn out every time Jonathan Majors was on screen because they just get messier and messier because I could not I couldn't look away. He's so mesmerizing. He has such a presence in this movie. Yeah, I think he delivers a cunning, powerful performance uh as a time-traveling terrorist uh, out on a quest oh. of universal dominance like 
honestly, Majors becomes this character. Yeah. And it's through his ability to just convey a variety of emotions from empathy to just rage-fueled villainry. You know, much like Heath Ledger's Joker, every time Majors is on the screen, I was captivated by his performance. And, yeah. you know, we've been talking a lot about this on our Watch Club for The Last of Us with, with all the performances. Jonathan Majors acting without words at times is so profound. It's, it's amazing to see moments when his face or eyes react um, and, and you just realize that he is becoming this character, like through the mental process. So, you know, he doesn't hold back. He gives it his all in this performance. And, you know, while we've seen he who remains as one of of Kang's variants, this feels entirely different while also feeling very connected to the original introduction of Kang, if you will. Uh, he's un more unhinged. And I feel like Jonathan Majors is out for glorious purpose to play this character and bring him to life on the big screen. He was incredible. He's he's and I, it's it's funny, too, because you mentioned the Joker and I while I was like sort of gathering my notes for this review and I was looking up some stuff like I was trying to figure out, you know, what was Kang's reasoning? And I think the cool thing, the, the, the scary part about it is that we, we, you know, for the most part, we, we get somewhat of an explanation, but it is that element of, no, 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 you know what? You know what's so cool and classic about this character is that he's just a straight-up bad guy. He is just a straight-up bad guy, and I know that that sort of goes against some of the things we've been talking about of sort of needing to fully understand and be on the side. You know, we, we talk about Thanos and how it's like Thanos was right, right? Or Gore the God Butcher. And it's like, yeah, Gore's kind of right in, in some of his... He's not right about how he's doing it, but he's kind of right in his his initial pursuit. Killmonger as well. Right, yeah, Killmonger. Yeah. But here with, with Kang, it, it, in a way, it's almost like his purpose is real clear. He wants to rule everything. And when I was looking it up in the comics, the, the main reasoning behind that is that his world is ending. Uh, and that's not a spoiler from this movie. That's a spoiler from the comics, I guess. Um, but his world is ending. And so this is why he he needs to uh, sort of travel through it and, and, and conquer all the worlds. Um, but again, I think if it wasn't for Jonathan Major's performance in this role and what he was able to bring to it, this could have come off a little bit weaker in that translation. But for me, like it, I just can't wait to see more Kang in the MCU. Well, I think his motives and intent in this movie alone are very clear. His bigger goal, I think that's inevitably what we will come to realize in something like Kang Dynasty later, is, is what is Kang's big goal? Because like, think about it. Like With Thanos, we got sprinkles of him throughout the you know four phases up until infinity where we very much proves what he's out to do mm -hmm. um and and you know again fans and and those who follow the comics they knew where it was all going you know the infinity saga so on and so forth so it wasn't really that big of a surprise but at the end of the day it's it, it isn't until infinity war that we fully grasp who this big threat is i feel like the same thing is going to happen for kang we will we will get sprinklings of who he is at times because as jonathan majors has said he is going to be playing variations of kang throughout different timelines much like in the comics so it's going to be exciting to see how that manifests itself throughout you know the next phase five into kang's dynasty and, and of course in secret wars uh maybe by then he's not even the big baddie maybe someone else is by the time we get to secret wars but definitely when we get up to kang's dynasty i think we will have more of a clear obvious reason to what kang's big 
motive is uh, outside of this movie. Yeah. Well, no, you know, I think um, I think, you, you know, in terms of of purpose, we do see a character that sort of um, grows even further into his purpose. And that's that's uh, Scott Lang. And I want to talk about Paul Rudd. Um, just dude, like instant giggles, instant smiles. The moment he comes on screen, you cannot be in that theater and not be smiling. Um, you know, I think the movie's gotten bigger, but he's still the same Scott Lang. He's full dad mode in this movie. He's he's fueled by his love of Cassie in this movie, and that's evident in every interaction you've seen. But you see between him and and uh, Catherine Newton, and I think their chemistry is so palpable in this movie, and and his comedic charm is up and down the movie as well. And I think there's some folks um, that sort of criticize this movie because it does stray away from the previous two, that it's not as comedic. I think it absolutely is as comedic. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I actually don't remember laughing as much in, in the, in, at least in the second movie in comparison to mm-hmm. this one. Um, and yeah, dude, I just thought he, he, he really brought it. Paul Rudd is just, you just can't help but root for him throughout the entire movie. He's so fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I think you said it best. I think as things around Ant-Man or, or Scott get bigger in terms of the scope of events, he is very much the same. He is the same hero that we met in the first film who is fueled, like you said, by his love for his daughter, wanting to protect her, wanting to do better for her. And that continues here in this film and in the adventure that they have together. And yeah, I think, you know, you you look at the scope and the scale, and I think a lot of people have also been criticizing you know, well, like this, this seems like a really big event for Ant-Man, but I kind of like that, you know, big event, small hero yeah. concept and, and what they're, what they're doing here. And while things, like you said, do get big, it's all about family. It's all about family. <laughs> and it's all about, it's all about the desire to protect those we love and, and, and keep them safe. We talk about it in The Last of Us. We've talked about it a lot. These are like fundamental things that audience members can connect with. And I think that, yeah, again, Scott Lang, Paul Rudd delivers on all fronts from the humor to the action. Um, and I don't know, he, he's he's very much the anchor that guides us through this story. And learning that, that he can trust his daughter, I think, is, is something that he never thought he was capable sure. of. And I think we also see as a hero, he, he grows to... to you know, uh, he grows in a way that, that he never thought he was capable of as well. Um, just in the sense of, of kind of, you know, they're going up against this quantum threat here. And and you just see how, you know, he just he just adapts. And, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I think, like, the biggest thing, though, is you're right, is throughout the movie, I still just wanted to hug him. I just wanted to, no matter what happened, yeah. I wanted to hug him. Every, so I just wanted him to earth. call me Peanut. <laughs> it was just, it's it's so lovely that, like, again, you've like you were saying, the movie is such this, like, epic scale movie, but we've got this really grounded and, and sort of small hero. Sort of heartfelt um, hero. Yeah, yeah exactly. that, and it's like, is that where the real yeah. power lies, right? Exactly, and I, I, I think it does. And I think, again, by extension, his relationship with his daughter uh, played by Catherine Newton. This is a new iteration of Cassie Lang. You know, I just love how in in comparison, her heart is just as huge 
as Scott. You know, she she's out to want to do good. Um, she is motivated by the fact that her dad is an Avenger. You know what I mean? Like she she wants to do so much, and it's crazy to see sort of the trajectory. I know there's a shot in the trailer where we see her in jail. You know, to think that that's how we were introduced to Scott Lang and her following those those familial paths, if you will. It's it's the irony of it. And when you unravel who she is and how she is very much Ant Man as he was in the first movie, as Scott Lang was, where he's figuring it out. But she's figuring it out, though, in a quantum realm against a massive threat, you know, because the quantum realm is the world. Kang is the threat, right? Mm -hmm. And because the threat really is isn't the quantum realm. It's the fact that they've been sucked into it. Um, And I think that that's, you know, again, she's getting her bearings. And Catherine Newton delivers such a sincere very heartwarming authentic performance that like you said coupled that with paul rudd and their relationship on screen between scott and cassie it it feels like how it was in the other two movies they're friends i think about those times in in the past movies when they were just talking and sharing with each other their feelings and now scott has to navigate those you know behaviors and those feelings of like she's my daughter i have to protect her but so much time has passed Right. So much time has passed. And for him, he has to realize that she's growing up and he's she's still not that. I guess when we left her, it was probably like six to eight years old little girl that he left when he fell into the quantum realm so, so many years ago. So, yeah, bravo job from from Catherine Newton. She did a great job as Cassie. I'm, I'm excited to see more of her. Well, this is her origin story. Right. And I think the sure. the comedic timing, her effervescence on screen um, and the fact that she can comedically, you know, take to the chat like she is she is up there on screen with paul she's bouncing off and they and they are sparring back and forth and she's funny and she's quirky she's a big dork like her dad in this movie um and and i she is the heart of the movie she's and I'm, I'm I'm stoked that that Catherine Newton was brought on as the new Cassie. No offense to the other Cassies, I'm I'm sure they they would. I take offense to chance. that. I take massive <laughs> offense to that. They were all fantastic. No, they deserve sure. their time to to do this. No, do, do you, I, that's, that's, wait. I'm so just kidding. I'm totally okay. kidding. You're gonna like, I'm totally kidding. Right like I don't understand. I don't understand why people are so so touchy or sensitive about yeah. this recasting of Cassie Lang. If anything, if they had decided that this was the trajectory before. Yeah. Endgame, they probably would have cast Catherine Newton. Yeah. Right? But I don't think they really knew at the time what was going to happen. And and I think, you know, as things kind of flourished, it was like, oh, we're going to need to involve her a little bit more. So, and I don't even think of Endgame Cassie Lang. In Endgame, Cassie Lang was just, you know, this adult version of Cassie Lang was just a means for us to understand how much time has passed and what that relationship is going to look like for Scott and Cassie moving forward. But other than that, she wasn't integral. She was just there for a second and left. When I think of Cassie Lang, I think of six-year-old Cassie Lang who was so loving and just looked up to her dad. And like connecting that to this movie and to this version of Cassie Lang, Catherine Newton did such a great job. She, she nailed it. Now, I, I did want to kind of bring up because... Obviously, this movie is called Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, and Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne. I think this was another example on top of the second movie of just how capable Hope is. I think, um, you know, she she does get to to kick a lot of ass in this movie. Um, but I did, yeah. I did feel, I couldn't help but feel like, like she was a little bit more background. lost in the background. She was kind of the vessel for helping us understand her mom's past in the quantum realm. And so as much as this is, again, Ant-Man and, and the Wasp Quantumania, 
I didn't feel as though there was much emphasis on her character as there could have been because she, she is important to the plot enough to help us learn about Janet, right? But but she's there to support Scott. She loves him. I, I completely understand that. In an interview, Evangeline Lilly said it's about time Wasp gets a standalone project. I agree. I actually think that would be a really, really great idea for the she character. She said movie. She said movie. I, let's, I, let's I will. Okay. That. I won't. I won't mince her words. I would but not I would say, say movie though. I would say project, and I'll leave that up project. to Marvel to decide how they'd <laughs> want to go about doing it. But I don't think we've explored that character enough, and I think the second movie was 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 almost her origin story, right? Where this one is Cassie's, second one was hers, and I just I don't know. I just feel like um, I think I think the 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 if if the decision was to scale back. And say, well, listen, we're doing a lot in this movie, so we can't give all of these characters as much time to shine. And and if they did give us that, you know, they gave the time to Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang, I, I, I'm okay with it because of what we got. I just, I, I guess the part that's just confusing for me is she is a title character. And it did feel like they, again, they sort of lost her in the mix. Well, they're, they're a team. Yeah. They're both in this story together on opposite ends i think i i think the the, the thing to, to take into consideration is that hope's story matters in relation to her father and her mother in this movie right like the three of them have their own story together and it is about talking about the family trauma you know what i mean like the the idea of loss and what they're trying to fix and and things being broken that is that is their subtext story while we have scott cassie you know the whole kang adventure if you will and and they intersect janet uh, who's played by michelle pfeiffer we, we'll get to her in a second but in in terms of hope I, I i agree with you i think that her character was a little bit more sidelined and i do think that it'd be great to explore who Hope is at this point in a series? Give me a six-episode series, half-hour episodes that allow us to explore this character. Because um, I think at, at the end of the day, that's where solo projects are going to work best mm. um, in, in some instances because we can spend a little bit more time with these characters uh, rather than simply just you know, giving us a movie that feels sort of rushed and, and half sort of baked, if you will. But with so much going on, it makes sense that they would tie... Um, Hope's story back to her family and rebuilding the, what what had been lost because at the end of of Ant Man and the Wasp we just see them reconnecting we don't know what has happened over that time you know they were blipped for five years as well right like mm -hmm. there's so much that that's happened to them that they really haven't probably had the time to be a family so they need to work their shit out so mm -hmm. this adventure allows that for them as, as a whole because you know michael douglas is great as always you know always <laughs> he's michael douglas one, always the one in this movie <laughs> yeah man he <laughs> he didn't have to do much and he still he still stood out he was still comedic he yeah. was still very you know uh the the smart guy that you would expect from hank and you know out of out of all of uh, of the three of them i think i think michelle pfeiffer's character janet van dyme is is absolutely fantastic it, you know she's been a part of these stories since the first ant-man right and in ant-man and the wasp was her you know served as her sort of live action introduction mm -hmm. um you know quantum mania is a chance to really tell her story and you know again much like matching with jonathan majors michelle pfeiffer is outstanding as she ranges her her acting from feeling very emotive you know she's she's scared she has she's dealing with like this internal uh trauma while also being incredibly uh cunning and smart and then also 
you know leaning into her her action scenes like she's just as badass as as hope right and Mm -hmm. you see where hope gets it from right and that's that's a really nice sort of connectivity and by far this movie i think evangeline Lilly and michelle pfeiffer perfect casting as a mother daughter they 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 look like yeah it works very similar with the cheekbones and, and stuff like that. Like I, I think that, that it's a really great matching. And to hear Kevin Feige say that they always wanted Michelle Pfeiffer to play Janet if they could explore that character. It just it's you know it, it shows this is why this is why. So she did such a great job. And we movie. do get to see sort of that parallel between Scott and his daughter and Janet and her yes. daughter of of that sort exactly. of proud parent. So I, I get it. I get that as well. I think she was I think do think Michelle Pfeiffer was was really fantastic uh in the movie. And and again, um I think they obviously they they had a lot to explain with her character. And I'll I'll talk a little bit about that in when we kind of get to the the narrative. But just before we do it, just a few sort of other uh I guess additional cast. I want to just quickly shout out Corey Stoll. Hmm. Uh, Corey Stoll yes. as Modoc. I cannot believe that not only did we get Modoc in the MCU, but we got Modoc the way you would expect to see Modoc. So many other directors would have cowered away and given us a robot Modoc, or they would have given us, you know, like a, 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 CGI. a CGI alien Modoc. But no, Peyton Reed said, let's just take Corey Stoll's face and <laughs> stretch it real big. And I could not stop laughing every time he was on screen to the point where, like, we're sitting in this this theater with a bunch of other critics. And Justin, like you told me, like, there's just this you audible. You were just... <laughs> Laugh like as we soon were as just he's on screen. Yeah, we were just we both audibly laughed when the helmet <laughs> revealed because we knew that it was gonna be something. And I and I think again, when we talk about Modoc, and I know his character is 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 taken seriously to a certain degree in the comics. Sure. And, and I'm sure Darcy could really go into it, but I know that there is a tongue-in-cheek sort of uh a comedy that has evolved with his character because of the sort of obscurity his of, design. of how he looks and how bizarre his design. It's it is, but they've they've kept him around, and I think that Obviously, in the quantum realm, makes the most sense to to introduce Modok. They were very, they had fun with it. They did. They weren't. They weren't trying to let's take it seriously. Let's let's make Modok matter. It was let's have fun with it and you know play into the jokes. Have the characters play into the jokes in and around it. That helped a lot with with making you know us comfortable with seeing Modok in this in this movie well, in live action. And Corey Stoll is having so much fun in this role, which is always so much fun to see, right? Because again, based on his first character uh in in the in the movies, the to see see him there and then to see him in this just just chomping it up, it it's so much fun and and I think the the interesting thing is yes, his design is ridiculous, but when you compare that to some of the other characters in the quantum realm, he actually looks somewhat normal, uh which is which is the funniest part. Um, Bill Murray as Lord Krylar. I will just quickly say I was really happy to see Bill Murray in this movie. Um, but it it is very much uh, a guest role. Um, you know, don't go in expecting yeah. main character here. He 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 serves his purposes. Bill Murray in in such a Bill Murray way. Um, would I've mm-hmm. wanted more of him? Sure, because he's freaking Bill Murray. Nah. Um, but. I don't know. I think I think he's awesome. I think there's only so much time uh, in this movie, and, exactly. and for what we got was it was lovely. Yeah, and we're talking about not having him enough time with Hope. You know what I mean? To, I know. To kind of. I know. And then I want to give it to Bill Murray. Story. 
<laughs> yeah, I want to give give more time to Bill Murray. But yeah. I, I think he was serviceable. I, I was under the impression the role that he was in the movie was exactly as, as you're mentioning. It's not a leading role. It's it's a smaller role, um, and just you know very cameo esque, yeah, uh, if you will. So I, I, it was it it worked, and the character that he plays is very fitting. Like you said, it's it's very fitting. Last one I want to shout out, and then we're gonna we're gonna keep going here. But David Desmalchian uh, plays a character named Veb. I'm not going to tell you anything about Veb. Just look out for Veb, the MVP in my mind of the additional cast. I He will live on in my heart forever. I hope to see him again. It's honestly, when you when you see Veb in this movie, you're just, it's it's so funny and so original well, that's, and, and that's, it's so good. And like that's that's what's kind of funny when people are, you know, online with their reactions is that there's not much humor. Like, I found myself laughing a lot. A like, lot. I found myself laughing a lot. Maybe, maybe I, maybe it wasn't. I wasn't supposed to be laughing at those moments, but I, I don't know. Like I, I found myself really chuckling, and I, I was actually surprised that as again as bold and serious as the threat has gone, yeah, and and how epic this movie is, it still has a level of humor and having fun with itself. And yeah. again, we talked about Modoc, and yeah, David Sussmelchian is in is hilarious in this movie, and probably one of the. Uh, the best representations of the quantum realm. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Corey Stollface aside, uh, let's talk about the visuals here. I think the <laughs> quantum realm, I think the quantum realm looked, honestly, I think it looked great. And especially in IMAX, I think seeing the orange and purple colors filling the screen really helps to immerse you in this, honestly, insane yes. world. And I think there's, yeah. again, we're going to have the the army... <laughs> Of trolls are coming from the internet, Justin. The army of visual effects trolls are coming to, oh, Marvel sucks with their visuals. And they're going to come out and they're going to be upset. But I'm going to tell you right now, in my mind, I actually really found it engrossing how it didn't look entirely realistic. We're talking about something that is is not of our interpretation of our own existence. It's quantifiable. It's, it's, it's the right? quantum, it's the quantum yeah, realm. It's... Make it look candy-coated, <laughs> glossy for all I care. I don't care that it looks yeah. not real because it's not. And and I think I think yeah. there's there's an element to that that actually really works in this movie. Um, and you know you'll have people say, well, that's such an a MCU apologist answer, but I'm sorry. It worked for me. I don't know if it worked for you. It did. It totally worked for me. Yeah. I think, you know, the word I would use is, is definitely going to be a buzzword that's going to be used to describe the quantum realm. And that is weird. <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. It, yeah. it is a psychedelic trip that feels more Rick and Morty and even like Dr. Zeus style, if you will. Yeah. It, it has its own personality and it, it's bizarre. And I just love that it's it's really Marvel taking a big swing to define the quantum realm with a unique look that's inherently itself and unlike anything we've seen in in the MCU to date. Sure. But that said, like you said, those trolls, I do think they will have a a huge topic of conversation around this movie, not only because of the strange, weird look, but because of also how much time we're spending in this CGI world. Mm. And that might not work for everyone, given the fact that Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp were both very grounded movies. Um, with very street level heroes, so like you, like you said, personally, I think it it did work. Uh, it it is unlike anything we've seen, but it also delivers the promise from the first two movies. You know, it 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 actually it's actually showing us the quantum realm. It's it's been a place discussed and and hinted at, and and, and was a plot device that allowed 
them to achieve time travel in, in Endgame. So I, I think it's deserving that in this third Ant-Man movie, we dive in even deeper and actually get to experience what is the quantum realm. So it, it's earned and, and, and it feels like it needs to be of its own thing. Now, I wanted to touch upon, along with the visuals, costume design and, and sort of um, world building. And I think a lot of people are saying that this is Peyton, Peyton Reed's uh, Star Wars. And I will say, I did find that there were a lot of elements borrowed from Star Wars with everything from alien design, costume design. There's like faceless stormtrooper-like characters, giant holograms. There's a bar scene. There's even language used, um, like the word Usa which I'm sure I've heard a Gungan or a Hut say before in a galaxy far, far away. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that are looking at that as a negative. I don't see it that way. Um, I see it as a no. positive because here's the thing. As much as there is borrowed, there are also so many unique and diverse elements of the quantum realm that make it look and feel like nothing we've seen before. And I think especially, as you were saying, in a live action, big budget superhero movie, if you want to take your Star Wars and mix it with my, M my MCU, that's chocolate and peanut butter. And I know you're allergic to peanuts, Justin, but trust me, it worked. <laughs> it works. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I don't think calling it or calling out the fact that you know, this is very Star Wars inspired. That That's not an insult. And especially given the fact that, you know, Peyton Reed single-handedly directed the best Mandalorian episode with Luke Skywalker. Right. Best episode featuring Luke the Skywalker. The best Luke Skywalker moment, I might even go so far. Yes, be so bold exactly. as to say. Bold. Yeah. Yes, you should be bold. Lean into that. <laughs> but, I, you know, again, it, it's, it's entirely a compliment than it is an, an insult. But I think people are looking at that as like, you know, it's it's his Star Wars. So there, maybe it, it sends off a negative connotation mm -hmm. for some people that it's like, oh, is that a good thing? It, it is a good thing. I, I think yeah. it it helps, as you said, build out the world of what the quantum realm is and and how it exists. And you know, what we see is 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 you know, is very unique while also feeling very inspired. I think that's like remix at its best. We see it all the time in everything we watch. Well, we're in an era where MCU fans are completely comfortable, not just, you know, watching a talking raccoon in a sentient tree, but crying over them, right? So yeah, let's get weird. Let's get as weird as we possibly can. And I think that's Peyton Reed's strategy was to give the superhero moments that we'd expect, right? To borrow from things that we love and 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 adore uh as i'm sure there's a lot of crossover between those two worlds but then to also give us something new something strange that we never knew that we'd want uh and i do think that that's again and i'm gonna pull him back but it's all summed up in the character of veb when you see veb trust me he's awesome uh but justin before we we go even any further though i also wanted to mention you know the action in this movie uh, mm -hmm. There's some fantastic fighting scenes. I think my and and again we're we're not going to spoil anything in detail because obviously we want you to experience these 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 moments. But I will say, anytime you know you you've got Scott and Cassie uh, fighting alongside each other, I thought just works so well. I love that he's still a dad even in these action moments. <laughs> he can't stop. He can't help himself from sort of teaching her new things. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, I think. Even just that element really is kind of what we're talking about of like this, this, you know, it's an action moment, but still has that heart. And I think well, that's like Ant-Man in, in itself, right? Oh, absolutely. I think that's the the poetic beauty of, of seeing Cassian 
and Scott kick butt together. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, you get the ant action, the ant sized action a lot throughout this movie, which is great. It's 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 done masterfully. But what I was yeah. really looking forward to based on the trailers was what looked to be a very heavy handed hand to hand combat with Ant-Man and Kang. And yeah, again, not revealing anything, but that is a fantastic action choreography. It is so well done and probably, you know, as we've talked about Jonathan Majors delivering such a a performance from from his emotions and, and his persona, here is where we get to see the the physicality of his of his of his character and man you know given given that this is going to be a big year for him uh with movies i know he has obviously creed 3 coming out i think the other one's called magazine dreams i, I might be wrong of that um you know there's there's a lot this is going to be his year and i we know we're going to see probably more of him throughout the mcu as as we get you know through, through phase five but I'm just I'm excited to see the level of action that he is going to bring when he faces off against other heroes other than Ant-Man. And, you know, shout out to Paul Rudd for leaning into it. It was it was it had me like adjusting myself in the seat as I was watching. It. Like I was. <laughs> yeah, I was like not necessarily uncomfortable, but I was just like, wow, this is this is more intense than you would expect for Ant-Man because he's just going to shrink and do his stuff. But it stays very one on one. It's It's really well done. Yeah. Yeah, really fantastic. And there's some there's some great action set pieces and there's some great ways that they approach action that you'll I promise you, you will not think of, you'll not expect. And that goes back to sort of Peyton Reed's commitment to give you the heightened action that you're looking for, but in a way that again it's 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 new it's exciting mm, yeah. it's it's cool um and just yeah dude i honestly like so many of those moments i was just like please tell me we get to come back to the quantum realm at some point i would really love that um but yeah man let's get to the the kind of our final section here before we get to our our overall uh review or or rating here i want to talk about the story the narrative and again we are spoiler free um, as much as these things can be spoiler free. So just keep in mind, we're not going to be giving you detailed aspects about the story. This is more along the lines of sort of our, our overall impressions and feelings of, of, of the story. And I think for me, the story, um, for the most part works well. Uh, I think it, it does a great job at catching us up to speed as to what's been going on since the last time that we saw Scott. I think the, the, the movie moves, uh, getting us to uh, its sort of its first major moment in 15 minutes, uh, I think is fantastic. Um, but I did find, and we talked about this as soon as we, we walked out, Justin, that it did feel like it took a bit of a, a, a dip in the middle, a little bit of an expositional dump, as I like to call it. Um, and, and I know that that's, you know, that's not uncommon for these origin style movies. And it's, it's kind of weird calling this an origin style movie. Hear me out. I know it's the third movie, but it is an origin style. It's an origin for Cassie. It's an origin for Janet. And it's an origin for Kang. It's an origin for the quantum realm. And and when you have so much of this world and these this this to set up, you're you're catching us up on a character for from thirty years. Uh, you know, I think it's 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 a lot. It's a lot to do, and I I, I it's it's really tough to handle. Um, but I think overall. As much as it is really difficult, and I do think it gets really messy, you're, when you mentioned family, um, this is very much 
from a narrative standpoint, an Ant-Man movie. And in its core, family, yeah, fatherhood, family uh, comedic yeah. heist elements are brought into this movie. Uh, and then there's... Strange World. Right. And then there's an... Yeah, Strange World. This is a better Strange World than Strange World. Uh, but I think they, <laughs> they add an element of sort of this... I think if there's anything added, you know, outside of the original movies, the first two movies, is this David versus Goliath aspect that does feel completely earned throughout the movie and and at this point in Ant Man or Scott Lang's uh, life. Um, so I think I think the only part that didn't really work though was the aspect of the the showing and telling uh, and and sort of parts where they they split this excellent cast up to me did feel a little bit. To filler, um, I, I would have preferred that we got it, to see them. It drew them. out the time. It yeah. drew out the time, and I, I don't think that that was a good idea. <laughs> I think it was a bad idea um, because I didn't find that those moments resonated with me as much as I, I think they might have they wanted should. to or should have. Right? Because even you, even you yeah, talking, Justin, I, I about agree. like about um, the idea of like a broken family relationship between Hope and her mom and dad, dude. I hear you, and I I sort of got that, um, but I didn't I did that did not hit for me as hard as the other side. For sure, yeah, no, I I I, I think that the, in your what you're saying though is is absolutely true. I think the the problem with the the story is actually splitting them up. Like you could have handled it all together with them being together the entire time, right? And in some ways, by splitting them up as we were mentioning, it draws out the story a lot more. So that's where you get that dump, you know, that expositional dump <laughs> where you're, where you're learning about things from two sides of the adventure. Right. Um, and that is very Star Wars in some ways, you sure. know, you're, you're splitting up your heroes, yeah. to, you know, very empire, very, you know, uh, in, in that style. So I, I think that, you know, taking that trope feels overly simplistic, but at the same time, you know, I think the story is overly simplistic. It, 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 it to your point, it, it's more about serving as an origin story for the quantum realm, for you know, f for Cassie, and and for most importantly, Kang, and Phase Five, mm -hmm. and what it's really meant to to do. So you know, that's at the center of it. And you're right; it is a David and Goliath level story you know the smallest hero the hero that's been you know featured as the most grounded street level style facing a a you know time bending threat but all of this is elevated from just outstanding performances yeah. though as well i think a lot of people have said it, it feels a bit hollow and, and self-serving to a larger story but i think the same could be said about uh the last movie ant-man and the wasp mm. you know it, it's it's fun at times but the, the point of Ant-Man 2 is really just to introduce and set up the quantum realm as a means to undo the events in Infinity War. It, 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 it doesn't really do much other than that and, and show the importance of the quantum realm. Here we're actually getting into it. So yeah, I think the story, while it deviates, it, it still feels holistically an Ant-Man story because it keeps it still grounded on you know the, the the characters and the family aspect that's that's going on. It's it, it's just you know decide to split it up rather than keep it together uh, to tell their stories. At no point in time did I feel like it took me too far um, out of the movie. I, I I was still enjoying myself the entire time. I had a blast with the world building, smiling, laughing the entire time. And then there was moments where I was enamored you know, with Kang when I, when I was supposed to be right. And, and, and afraid when I was supposed yeah. to be. And I think, I think it's just really tricky for a movie with a two hour runtime 
and the expectations that this one has as the, quote, kickoff to phase five, right, to manage this many characters, this many plot lines. So I think they could have scaled it back to give more weight to these characters on a more individual basis. I'm not a writer, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna know the exact process as to how, but we have seen it done better with ensemble movies in the past. Sure. I think scaled back though means you'd have to remove stories. Right? Sure. Like, I think scaled back would have to be like you remove aspects of it. I, I, I think to your point, as as you were saying, it's it's meant to do so much as the kickoff to phase five. But for me, when I'm looking at this, the only part of that is Kang. Do you know right. what I mean? The quantum realm and, and everything else in and around it is the mechanism of how we discover the real kickoff to phase five, right? The quantum realm is going to matter and it's going to be important as we as we get through more and more movies. But at this moment, it's more of like, here's an introduction to it, right? right? But here's what phase five is really going to bring you is Jonathan Majors as this, you know, cunning friggin' villain. He's he's ruthless, Let's get to our final thoughts here. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to be rating it mm-hmm. on a scale of one to five ants. That's all I got. It's just one to five ants. Um, Justin, what are your final thoughts? And uh, what would you give this on a score of one to five ants? Well, I, I know this has Ant-Man and the Wasp in its title. Uh, but come on. Like I was saying, this is a Kang movie through and through. <laughs> uh, which shouldn't be much of a surprise. Leading up to the release of this film, it was highly anticipated that this would be a Kang film as much as it is an Ant-Man film. When we think of something like The Dark Knight, it is a Batman movie, but it's actually a Joker movie. So it's like, you know, it's kind of <laughs> to be expected. Yeah. And I'm actually surprised at how much they were able to keep the balance of both. Keeping some of the familial quality, the lighthearted humor that we know and love from Ant-Man while also giving us epic scope. Jonathan Majors just steals every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. He's wickedly intense. His performance is affirming that Kang is the new threat and and is the kickoff to phase five. It's a wild and weird trip into the quantum realm, as we discussed, which is a compliment. And the movie takes big swings at being imaginative, you know, with its world building elements and and elevates to a, a Star Wars comparison. I think that's a compliment, like we were saying before. You know, the adventure for the heroes feels feels earned after two films and more or less, you know, those other films felt like a breath of fresh air before another massive story in the MCU. Here, this movie is the massive story with an epic adventure pitting the tiniest hero against a conqueror and the biggest threat known to the existence of time in the MCU. Again, not everything lands and there is a bit of a dip. And I know a lot of people are going to have things to say about Modoc and if the CGI worked and so on and so forth. But in my opinion, it still nails the laughs. It nails the heart. It's intentive, and overall, it's just it's an enjoyable time, and it's just bizarre quantum realm stuff. So I'm giving this movie four out of five ants. I love it. I love it. Kang says the one thing he can give Scott is time. And I think time is this movie's only enemy. I think, again, they are trying to do a lot with not a lot of time. That said, like you were saying, Justin... Excellent performances from this cast. Their chemistry when they do share the screen just completely raises this movie up for me, along with its imaginative as well as sometimes borrowed uh, world building, which I'm okay with. <laughs> um, and and then we have Jonathan Majors. Well, why'd you use the word borrowed? Borrowed, dude. It's okay. <laughs> Borrow it. 
take, honestly. You can borrow it anytime you want. You got to give it back. Um, but definitely borrow it. Um, and Jonathan Majors, again, we can't say more. He's just maniacal. He's Kang the Conqueror. Um, I love the the fake reviews that were coming out on Twitter for this movie where it's just like, Kang, or Jonathan Majors is Jonathan Kang. Majors is Kang. <laughs> well, yeah, he is. This is obviously a movie. <laughs> so good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, despite some of the messiness that I mentioned, this movie does still find a way to give us more than a satisfactory tease of what's to expect from that character. Uh, I've given up Justin a long time ago. I think uh, pretty much after the first movie that it, that happened after Endgame of comparing these movies to their peak MCU saga ending films. That's what people need to stop doing is that these are we're talking about a saga ending film. Not a not a phase beginning film, a We're saga ending film. Are you talking about the f- of Endgame? Are you talking about fans on the internet? And Infinity War. I'm just talking about in general, dude. MCU is just fandom's gotten a little bit ridiculous, and I think I think the idea is, you know, if you give up the idea that not every single movie is going to be your Endgame and Infinity War, you're going to enjoy these movies a lot more. Um, and I get that people are going into higher expectations because this is the beginning of a new phase, but this is just the beginning uh and i really can't wait to see what's next um and i think if 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 the intention for this movie was a a again to give us an ant-man movie with a side of kang tease this really worked this was delicious i that actually sounds like a really good baskin robbins flavor if if you (laughs) if you get my drift um but uh but yeah even though i see some criticisms within it and again, it, I mentioned it was a little messy. I, I, I had such a good time. I had too much of a good time to give it any less than four out of five ants. But that is it. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this spoiler-free review for Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this movie or any of the movies or shows we cover... Well, I'm going to use my uh, boop, 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 my ant communicator uh, to get a signal out to Justin all the way in the quantum realm to let you know how you can reach us. Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Yeah, if you guys didn't know, like Justin is actually a really smart ant that I've I've trained and taught. And so it's just a filter. Whenever you see him on YouTube, it's actually just a filter. He's really just a giant ant. Um, <laughs> keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies and TV shows and games, including our spoiler-free review for the Apple TV Plus original series, Shrinking. Uh, we also have some interviews from the cast and crew of Ant-Man, like Justin mentioned earlier, uh, with uh, Catherine Newton, who plays Cassie, uh, as well as I had a chance to talk to Peyton Reed, the director of the Ant-Man trilogy. So again, go check out those interviews. They're already out on podcast services. Uh, They're out on our YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. And we're also on TikTok now, at wearegeekcentric on TikTok. We've got some great clips that Justin has been putting together. Um, so definitely go check those out. We got some stuff on there uh, probably by now that was maybe a little bit earlier uh, from our, our previous interviews. So if you're like, ah, oh, I only have a minute to spend looking at your face, <laughs> you can go on TikTok and enjoy that. Uh, and then maybe check out the full interviews on YouTube. Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this, I guess, not really ant-sized uh, <laughs> review. Uh, and as we say, love ya. Peace. <laughs>